Coming up. We can get community from God. We can, we, we can get career success, but even greater than career success, we can get success in our calling. Right. Not right. just the career. Right. <laughs> All right. right. See, right. your career is, 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 is what you're paid to do. But your calling is what you're made to do. Amen. Amen. All right. Again. Your career is what you paid to do. Your calling is what you're made to do. Yeah. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. In the meantime, is an expression often used to describe the period between events or activities. Let me ask you. How well are you handling the mean times of your life? Join us for the message where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn discuss how the decisions we make in our mean times dictate our own successes or failures. Here's part two of the message, Leveraging the Mean Time. But notice that God can provide all these things or either switch our understanding or perspective about all the things you mentioned right that we can get community from god we can we we can get career success but even greater than career success we can get success in our calling Right. Not right. just the career. Right. <laughs> All right. right. See, right. your career is 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 what you're paid to do, mm-hmm. but your calling is what you're made to do. Amen. Amen. All Say right. Again. Your career is what you paid to do. Your calling is what you're made to do. Yeah. And I heard uh, John Maxwell. He quoted. Uh, who did he quote on this um, this week? And he he said that because uh, uh, who was it that he said it was a an athlete that Man. said it. I can't he remember said, who he was. Said, Preach pastor. Yeah. That's all right. We know it's from John Maxwell. Well, so, yeah. so what, what was it? Yeah. And so you with your career is what you're made to do. Yeah. I mean, your career is what you get paid to do, but your calling is what oh, you're made what to do. To. Okay. That's okay. what. And so I can't remember who he, he quoted that from. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and so, and then prestige and fame, um, that's worldly. I, I'd rather be known by God mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and laying up treasures in heaven than Man. being known here on earth. Right. And so we being chosen and part of the royal peace, priest, priesthood, God honors us. And he says, he says, and he, he made us. He made us in his image and likeness. And what better fame or prestige can you have than to be called a child of God? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. what I like to say, too, like when you're working and you're gifting, yeah. it gives you influence. Right? Yes. Yes. Influence. You know, then more people are looking to you as the leader. Yes. Or they look to you for advice. Yes. You know, yeah. or, or recommendations or suggestions or what have you. Amen. 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 And so having being known in heaven or known by God is is much more better than yes. being known by folks, right? Yes. And then the material things, right? People are longing for that. It, God will switch our perspective on things. And because material things have really little value, mm-hmm. he'll give us perspective on spiritual things, which yes. have much more value because yes. the, nobody can steal it. It can't burn up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't be destroyed, right? So those things have much more value. Is that wisdom? Yeah. You know, that knowledge, once you're educated and it's here, nobody can take that away from you. Right. Yes. So God will switch our thinking or provide all these things that people mm-hmm. are really thirsting for. So they're trying to get these things in a way that God says they shouldn't get them. Amen. Amen.
The third thing that we can learn from this second um, meantime Mm -hmm. is we should be ready to share our knowledge and experience with others. Mm -hmm. We should be ready to share our knowledge and experience with others. John 14, 6, John 4, 16 through 20 says, he he told her, go call your husband and come back. (laughs) I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. I'm gonna pause right here for a moment. So Jesus shared his knowledge about her um and but and with her he engaged her in conversation he asked her a question about her husband so that he was setting the table so he can tell her what he knew about her husbands <laughs> right? <laughs> right and he can right. share his knowledge with her right Amen. and so and now look how she responded after she saw Jesus had some knowledge now I want I don't want you to miss this because you might think you know you're not well studied you don't have a lot to say mm-hmm. you know people wouldn't be interested in what your your knowledge and experience I beg to differ right. because you know God you know the Creator and you have a relationship with the Creator right. all you have to do is share your relationship mm-hmm. share what you know about God don't yeah. share what you don't know about God share what you know about God and yeah. experience you have had with God. And if you do that, trust me, it's going to spark the interest of somebody because you're just sharing what you know. And she shared this. And then look what she says in verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So she said, I see that you got some connection here Mm -hmm. and you know some stuff. Right. right. And so the same thing will happen when we share our knowledge w- about God and experiences with God. They're going to see that we know something that's unusual, you know, or that because most people you have a relationship with God, you know, the creator. Do you understand the weight of that? And you might say, I don't know a lot about him, just but just the fact that, you know, something about the creator, Amen. it Amen. puts you in a different realm. Amen. And you're talking about the creator and you've had experiences with the creator. Mm -hmm. It is special. You got to see it as that even when you don't feel like you're well studied or real biblical and all of that. You know something that you can share. And so it goes on. She says that you are a prophet. Verse 20, um, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we we must worship is in Jerusalem. So guess what happened here when he shared what he knew? It caused her to say, oh, I, I wonder what else you know. And so she 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 moved the conversation to another area because she had confidence that or he might know some other things that I'm interested yeah. in knowing. Yeah. The same thing can happen with us when we share our knowledge and experience with God. It can cause them to ask some other questions mm-hmm. because they're thinking, well, you might can ask help me out with this other thing I'm trying to figure out right, right but don't don't fall into the trap if you don't know if they ask you something you don't know tell them I don't know but I'll try to find out I'll find out I'll, I'll tell, be right tell, back with you yeah I'm, 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 I'll, I'll talk to tell them I'll talk to my pastor about yeah, that yeah. <laughs> you know and, I, and I'll let you know I'll let yeah. you know yeah. Then I'll right? yeah. yeah so you don't have to you don't have to get into the trap and feel like you have to have an answer but the fact that you share your knowledge will lead them to want to know other things and can continue the conversation 
and move the conversation forward like it did here. So she started asking about where the Jews worship. Mm -hmm. All right. And look what 1 Peter 3.15 says on this note of of being able to share your knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. But do this with gentleness and respect. Amen. All right. Amen. So the text is saying we should always be ready to give an answer for why we have hope. Mm-hmm. All right. This ain't tell you to give you a, the genealogy of Moses and, you know, right, uh, right, something right, like right. that. It's right. just saying, well, just give the answer yeah. why, you have hope. why you have hope. Just tell yeah. them that. Tell them why you have hope and do it gently and, with, and respectfully. Yeah. And be ready always to do that. And trust me, it can lead to further conversation, further question, further investigation on their part. And uh, we can um, we can take advantage of our mean times that way. Amen. All right. So this takes us to the third meantime in this segment of Jesus's life. So write this down. What can we learn from the third meantime? What can we learn from the third meantime? John 4, 21 through 26, and then 28 through 30 says, Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Okay, I'm going to pause right here for a moment. Mm -hmm. Notice what happened here. Jesus switched from third person to first person. Mm -hmm. Okay, notice that the because Jesus continued the conversation, he was sharing his knowledge and experience. The conversation continued and out of her own mouth, she brought up the word Messiah in Christ. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't have to say it. He just. He just said, you know, I can give you some water. Right, <laughs> and right. the conversation just progressed mm-hmm. to talk about Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. And it came to the place where she kept asking and wanting more information, trusting his knowledge. And he was able to tell her in first person. I am the Christ, Amen. basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how it progressed. And look what it says here in verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Amen. So this is the picture of the third, the third, the third meantime mm-hmm. <laughs> where she left and she left her water pot mm-hmm. by the well, Yeah, went back to the town 
to and told the people, you need to come see this 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 guy I'm talking to out here because he could be the Christ, the mm-hmm. Messiah, right? And there, and she convinced them to come. And so now the third meantime is that Jesus is waiting for her to come back with these folk from the town. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And this yeah. is the third meantime. Yeah. All right. So I want y'all to track with this and understand this, how we're here. And so what can we learn from this third meantime? Number one, our most dominant desire should be to do the will of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Our most dominant desire should be to do the will of God. Amen. John 4, 31 through 34 says, meanwhile, ah, <laughs> y'all see here? Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Okay, let's pause here. Okay. They had, and in verse 27, we didn't read that, but it says that they came back, they saw him talking to the woman, mm-hmm. right? And um, and they didn't say anything about it, but they thought it was peculiar because she said, Why does what does Jews right. have Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? And right. then the fact that he was talking to the woman, the disciples was perplexed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but they didn't say anything about it. Yeah. So they came back with food. Remember the first mean, the second meantime, he was waiting by the well for them to come back with food. Right. So now they've come back. Mm-hmm. So that meantime is over. Yes. Okay. Right. They're, they're back. they're back. Now Jesus is waiting for her and the, these folks from the town to come back right. as a third meantime. Right. And in this, in this time, meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Mm-hmm. But he said to them, I have food to eat. That you know nothing about. All right, now, Jesus. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? All right. So let, let's let's pause right here for a moment. All right. So they went to get food because they were hungry, mm-hmm. including Jesus. Yeah. All right. He was tired. They was traveling. He was hungry. They went to get food and they brought food back to him to the extent they knew he should be hungry. Mm-hmm. So when they came back, they was like, Master, eat. Right. You know, yeah. you, it's time for the eat. It reminds me of my wife. She said, Rob, did you eat something? Yeah. She actually tell me, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob. Dear, come down here and eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So she tell me that all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and so um, they're saying, Rabbi, eat. Mm-hmm. You need to be eating. It's you haven't ate in a while. They knew this, and they're trying to enforce him to eat. And Jesus says, Okay, he uses as a teachable moment. He says, Yeah, y'all, I want y'all to understand. Yes, I am physically hungry, but I also want you to know I have some of the other desires that is far more important to me than my physical hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, I got food to eat that you don't know nothing yeah. about. Yeah. Amen. All right. And then he says, then they start wondering, did anybody get him food? <laughs> now, now Jesus is, is on another level talking and look what he says in verse 34. He tells them what his food is. He says, my food said, Jesus is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, y'all came back. Saw me talking to this woman. Yeah. Y'all came back with food. 
and you saw me talking to this woman, but what you really saw, you saw me eating. <laughs> because in my conversation, as I was in the, the act of me talking to this woman was me doing the will of God. Amen. And it was feeding me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're focused on my on my uh, material food. And I was basking in my spiritual food yeah. because yeah. I came here to seek and save. And I'm yeah. talking to this woman about yeah. the will of God. Yeah. That's my real food. Mm-hmm. And y'all obviously didn't pick that up when you got back here because mm-hmm. you didn't even mention the fact that, oh, oh, rabbis over the masters over there eating. You know? <laughs> right, like, right, he's, right, he's eating right. spiritually. He's, yeah. he's doing what yeah. he was sent to do. Yeah. And he says, my food is to do the will of him that sent me, mm-hmm. not only to do the will, he says, but to finish the work. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. driven to, to take this thing to the end, to complete the task that God has given me to, go, to do. And I want to ask you, does your desire to complete the task that God has called and made you to do exceed your any other desire that you have? All I right. want to tell you today that our dominant desire ought to be to do the will of God for the reason that God made us yes. and created us and what he called us to do. Yes. That should be our dominant yes. desire, even more than food, even more than sleep. Yes. We should desire that. Deeply in our soul. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And this is what Jesus is communicating to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're urging him to eat. Yeah. And he was physically hungry. Yeah. But he also wanted them to know that he has a stronger desire than that. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that we can learn um, here is don't let the meantime cause you to lose focus. Mm, don't lose focus. Don't let the meantime cause you to lose focus. Mm-hmm. John 4, 35 through 38 says, uh, don't you have a saying? This is Jesus responding to them, um, trying to tell him to eat and all that. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause right here. Okay. Because Jesus is trying to get them to understand the spiritual nature of what he's talking about to them. And he's saying, you guys are familiar with this saying that there's still four months less left for for harvest to come. But Jesus says, you are thinking wrong with that type of mindset because guess what? There's harvest right now, but you're not seeing it. Mm -hmm. Open your eyes, Mm -hmm. look at the field. And he's speaking spiritually because he's harvesting with this woman right now and they're missing it. They're missing the point. They're missing the point. Mm -hmm. And he says, the fields are harvest. They're ripe now. Mm-hmm. Y'all trying to tell me to eat. I got to go out, out here and harvest. I'm harvesting now, yeah. which means yeah. I'm eating because I came here to harvest. Amen. And, Amen. and he's trying to get that across to them. Mm-hmm. And the same thing can be true, to, true with us in our life. In our mean times, I gave you a whole list of them in between mm-hmm. uh, work days, yeah. in between yeah. doctor's appointments, yeah. whatever that in between time is that we're having. Sometimes we can lose focus during that time mm-hmm. and thinking that I, I got to wait until the next event yeah. happens before I can reap anything mm-hmm. when the reaping is already there. 
Let me give you a working example here. You could be um, looking for a job or trying to apply for a job. And so you're, you're, you're in between interviews, if you will, or in between you, you've turned in your application and now you're waiting for them to get back to you to set up the interview, whatever that in-between time is, you're waiting for them to get back, All right? Yeah. And this is a job you really want. But one thing could happen, another opportunity can arise in between the meantime of the other right, one. Right, right, And you're so focused on the mm-hmm. first one mm-hmm. that you miss the opportunity that comes yeah. up for you yeah. to get something in between time. Right. You, you, you just miss it. You don't yeah. you don't make the connection. You don't talk to the right people. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you, you don't look your eyes are closed because you're so focused on this right. one job right. that right. you think you you want or you have or this mm-hmm. is what, you know, God has for you when God may have something better for you. And he brought it your way in between time. Yeah. Amen. But you were so focused that you missed that opportunity mm-hmm. to grab this other thing. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. So my 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 message to you today is to always look where you might be able to harvest, yeah. especially spiritually. Mm-hmm. And Jesus draws this out as the text goes on, the spiritual nature of all of this. Mm-hmm. He says in verse 36, even now one reaps, draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together, right? Thus saying one sows and another one reaps is is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So while you're waiting for return on something or seeds that you planted, God is saying you could reap the seeds of some of something someone else planted. Mm, yeah. And why, and so you're just thinking it's going to only come through what you've done or what the work you've done. God is saying, no, you can reap from what other the work that others have done. Right. And he's speaking of that in a spiritual sense. And also this becomes a practical thing that we can benefit from the work of others. But if our eyes are closed, we're only thinking it's going to come from the work that we've done or the seeds that we've planted. But Jesus is debunking that concept and saying, I've set this up that you can reap from other seeds. And and this is spiritual and practical Mm -hmm. that you can reap from the seeds of others. And especially, especially he's focusing on the spiritual part here of, of being able to reap and stop waiting blessings all around and stop waiting for your seeds to harvest. Amen. Amen. And then the third thing that we can learn from this third meantime, Mm -hmm. if I leverage my meantime, God will make my life productive. Yes. If I leverage my meantime, God will make my life productive. Mm -hmm. John 4, 39 through 43 says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Okay, I want to pause on that for a minute. Remember, the meantime is she went to go tell the town folks in the town about this this man who she think could be the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And she 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 tells such a great story. Her testimony about him is so great. Folks started believing Mm -hmm. based on her testimony. Yeah. Look here. 
folks are becoming followers of Christ and Christ hadn't even talked to them yet. Mm -hmm. Based on her testimony. Based on her testimony. Yeah. In other words, it was her testimony yeah. that brought them to Christ. Right. right. So we see the reaping of seeds that wasn't planted because she was doing that. Mm -hmm. And so folks started believe, and then it reads on. Uh, he told me everything I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and they stay and he stayed two days. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 41. And because of his words, many more became believers. Mm -hmm. Y'all see the productivity in the fact that Jesus was was spending his mean time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He spent his mean time. He spent the first mean time. Uh, uh, making time to rest mm -hmm. and engaging with people. Right. He spent the second mean time talking about the gift of God. Mm -hmm. And don't miss this. Don't miss it. He was talking about the gift of God in the second mean time. In his third mean time, he was talking about the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talking about the will of God. Mm -hmm. First mean time engaging people. Mm -hmm. Then talking about the gift of God in his meantime, Amen. and then talking about the will of God Amen. in his meantime. Amen. And look what happened. And because of his words, many became believers. Mm -hmm. Verse 42, the, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Hmm. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Amen. And after two days, he left for Galilee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Remember, that was the first meantime. He was going to Galilee. Right, right, right. All of that happened in his meantime. Amen. And I'm wondering how impactful, how productive can our meantimes be if we learn from our Lord and how he spent his meantime? You could do it if we would just switch our thinking and learn these lessons on how to spend our many times. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control. Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. 
Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. If we don't accompany our our questions to God with faith, then we can start to see our faith eroding, our faith decreasing, and an attitude uh, of disbelief or trust in God generating in our spirits. Thank you for listening.